Welcome to the Nourish Wrap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life. Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome everybody. We are um, great, really glad to have you back. Um, we are beginning a new mini series, which we're very excited about. We'll be focusing on mental um, mental health and wellness over the next few series, the next few episodes. And today, Jess and I are just going to be introducing some of the basics as far as how nutrition and mental health are so interconnected. And we think that um, you know good nutrition can have such a powerful impact on how we feel emotionally so very much yeah absolutely so we just wanted to kick off with a few basics um and I guess I'm the coffee lover so one of the things that I wanted to talk about to start off with was caffeine um and the effect that it can have on um on mental and emotional health so we see this a lot don't we Jess in clinic yeah yeah, so we go on. We know that everybody obviously metabolizes caffeine differently, and lots of people have a different tolerance to it. And we certainly um, have no problems with people enjoying, you know, one or two cups of coffee or a cup of tea every day. But definitely for those people who might be suffering from a bit of anxiety or having some issues with sleep, one of the questions I ask first and foremost is, "All right, tell me about your coffee intake." Yeah, mm. and that's simply because of that caffeine, what caffeine does to the body, and that is, you know, it spikes your adrenaline, first of all, which um, in essence is causing potentially an anxious picture because um, adrenaline is very stimulating, so it's messing with that kind of um, relaxed state of the body. Um, and then, you know, there's another picture to it. If you're not detoxifying it correctly or efficiently, then it's causing other issues um, such as inflammation, which we'll go through later as well. Um, yeah, but what's your take on it, Katie? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I sort of, I often say to people, look, you know, one or two caffeinated beverages in the first half of the day, no problems. Like, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of a kick sometimes, a bit of a kick start, but if you're relying on caffeine literally to drip feed you with adrenaline all throughout the day, by the time you get to the evening, A, there's no chance that your melatonin is going to have an opportunity to kick in. So you're not going to be able to get a good night's sleep. And B, you're literally just feeding that kind of anxiety roller coaster. So it can be a really simple solution for people who want to just improve their sleep patterns or, you know, um, feel a little bit more calmer and in control. So just keep that caffeine intake in check. And it's really um, an important topic you brought up there, Katie, that, um, you know, it it helps with sleep as well because when we talk about mental, emotional health and well-being, it's an umbrella term for so many things, which is, you know, you got your typical anxiety and depression, addictive things, you know, you've got severe diagnoses such as bipolar and things like that. But also sleep issues, I think, falls under that umbrella. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to clear that up for people um, 
because co- that's coffee's main kind of side effect is it, it messes with your sleep cycle. Yeah, and just to keep in mind that, you know, a cup of tea isn't far off a cup of coffee as far as um, caffeine intake is concerned. That's black tea, of course. But, yeah. you know, you want to keep that in mind as well because some people will have six cups of tea throughout the day and go, oh, no, no, I, I don't drink coffee, so that's not my issue. But, you yeah. know... You know, cups of tea can come pretty close as far as caffeine um, intake as well. That's right. And it's not about um, removing coffee forever either, is it, Katie? Like, it's about bringing the body back into balance. And then that might mean cutting back, you know, in the beginning, but then eventually getting to a state where you can control it a little bit more. Um, But, yeah, certainly for those coffee lovers, it's certainly not about um, getting rid of it for life. Yeah, you know, just keeping it to one or two cups and are definitely in that first part of the day, I think, so a good um, a good basic sort of recommendation or something to play with to start with. We had another, um, another really sort of simple one that we wanted to talk about as far as its effects on mental health, um, and that was sugar, hey, Jess, like refined oh, sugar. Yeah. And, and processed food in general. And look, this comes down to the very basics of nutrition. We've said it before on the Nourished Wrap that food is literally the fuel for the body to function correctly. So if you're eating high sugar, well, let's start with processed foods, which are often nutrient devoid, so no nutrients, just simply giving you energy, you're not providing a lot of those foundational ingredients for your emotional health and your brain to function correctly. Um, so even just on that foundational level, level um, processed foods have a very huge impact on how you feel. The other, the sugar part of it is even more in depth, is because then you're looking at disturbances in your blood sugar levels. So blood sugar is what provides us energy throughout the day, and we need to make sure that the flow of the blood sugar level is very stable um we don't want it to be roller coastering so up and down which is what you see when you have a highly refined sugar diet um and essentially how that messes with your brain and those chemicals going on in there and the feelings um it's it's pretty much just it's triggering a lot of um stress chemistry a lot of inflammation and it's also again coming back to nutrient deficiencies in key nutrients And it causes that sort of high insulin spike as well, which can be really damaging. Um, That, you know, there's a lot of, I think a lot of people are probably unaware of how much sugar they might get incidentally. So some of the things that I, I see in clients or new clients are things like adding sugar to tea and coffee. Um, You know, that very quickly adds up. Um, You know, Kicking things like soft drink and even fruit juice and just going for the whole fruit. Um, I don't think fruit juice has a place in, to be honest, very many people's diets at all. Um, You know, even things like adding sauces and whatnot, like tomato sauces and cheap mayonnaises and condiments, that can quickly add up to high sugar. And even just, you know, the effect is even worse when you know, in a, in a typical sort of, I guess, busy lifestyle where people might be skipping meals, you know, they may not have breakfast and that kind of thing. You know, if you're chucking sugar in tea and coffee 
and, you know, maybe you're having a Red Bull mid-morning or even a bowl of cereal or some muesli for breakfast, which you might think is fairly harmless, you're probably literally, you know, spending the first six hours of your waking day just relying on simple sugars, which is going to be stressful in itself. Absolutely. And, you know, you see it so much as a cycle, don't you, Katie? Like, um, you know, clients will come in and they'll have like a well-meaning breakfast such as cereal or something like that. And um, there's just not enough of those other nutrients in there like protein and fats. And then, um, yeah, their blood sugar spikes. They get energy crashes. They start to feel anxious and irritable, hangry. And then what do they reach for again? A tea or coffee with sugar or, you know, um, the biscuits on the coffee work table. Like, you know, it's it's a cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's really – sugar's so addictive, you know. Like, most people – probably you know we probably both find this just like when you start first working with people if you can just change the structure of some of their meals make sure they're getting a little bit more protein they um and 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 literally just say look you know you've really just got to kick the sugar it can be pretty rough for the first couple of days but once people are off it they're off it but you get the same feedback all the time you know going back to a processed meal or going back to a food that's really high in sugar, all of a sudden that addiction kicks back in quite quickly. So you've just got to make the decision to stay away from it and make better choices, you know? Um, It's just, it's very difficult to do processed food in moderation. Yeah. Because it literally, it has that effect on the brain, doesn't it? With the dopamine and the um, reward system in the brain so it's working on a biochemical level yeah so i mean there's a couple of others that we wanted to touch on to start off with before we dive into the biochemistry of some more complicated pathways um alcohol is a a big one as well that can have a really um a really significant effect on mental well-being so um you know alcohol can be quite relaxing for people at the time but in actual fact, alcohol um, is a big depleter of one of our main chemicals in the brain, which we call GABA. Now, GABA is a really important chemical that flows through the body that just helps us. It basically allows us to be in a relaxed state. It's, the, I guess, the opposite to being anxious. Um, and, you know, we don't want to be depleting those GABA levels long term because that can lead to... Um, you know, long-term anxiety and, and panic and that sort of thing. So, you know, alcohol recreationally, you know, I always like to say to people, okay, really no more than two standard drinks in a sitting and you need to be having more alcohol-free days than alcohol days. You know, we, we're we not about um, a perfect perfect um, diet here at the Nourish Drought. We're about balance. But, you know, enjoying a glass of wine, say, two or three nights a week or even one night a week, whatever your, your balance is, is is fine. But, you know, when it's two, three, four, five, six glasses or fi- six standard drinks every night of the week, that's definitely yeah. going to be harmful. Absolutely. And, um, you know, underlying all this um, with the food stuff, food and drink stuff, so coffee, high-processed foods and sugar, um, the alcohol and just nutrient-deplete foods. Underlying this is 
you know, it's inflammation and inflammation in itself um, is very harmful to um, emotional health um, in the way that like the brain works. It's, it thrives off connection. It's like an electrical impulse. Um, impulsivity in the brain um, that talk to each other and if we've got high inflammation in the brain um, then we're looking at miscommunication between those wires so to speak and then you know so that like Katie said with GABA for instance it's very calming okay if we've got inflammation we may be um, you know struggling to make the GABA because we're not eating enough of the right foods and then as on top of that, it's not actually communicating in the um, nerve cells properly either. So inflammation underlying all that um, dietary stuff is huge, I believe, in emotional mm. health and well-being. Yeah, and like I think for, you know, the general audience, some like I just had a, a really good analogy that came into my head. I guess inflammation is like the brain trying to work under uh, a situation of high inflammation would be like, you know, you going out when it's foggy and trying to find your way, you know, to the, to the park down the road or something. And, um, you know, there's heaps of research now around, um, things like depression and whatnot actually being driven by inflammation. So Jess, there's a, there's a a bit of a, a nugget here that we wanted to talk about. Um, as far as inflammation is concerned and processed food. So back onto that processed food discussion. Um, and that yeah. was, um, we wanted to dive into the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Yeah. So um, in our bodies, we have, you know, um, it's called essential fatty acids. So essential being that our body cannot make these fatty acids. Um, Omega-3s are part of this category. And um, omega-3s are extremely anti-inflammatory. So they are what help dampen down things in the body. They also do a whole lot of other things too, but just for this topic, um, we'll leave it at that. But essentially, um, yep, so we've got omega-3 and then we've got omega-6, which is a bit more pro-inflammatory. We need it um, for other things. So we just need them in balance. But eating such a high-processed diet um, really, really unbalances that ratio by it's something ridiculous katie isn't it i think you know the stats on that one yeah there's been some research that indicates that you know the way that we're eating nowadays in a western society um you know lots of processed food lots of simple sugars lots of caffeine and alcohol not enough water and fiber not enough veggies it means that the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is about 1 to 30 and ideally it should be down around about one to three. So, you know, that's a significant difference. Yeah. Yeah. So like, could you just imagine in just looking at that, how much that could implicate um, that, you know, all that brain chemistry? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the brain's just not going to work very well under those conditions. No. And um, I guess, I don't know if we mentioned this in the beginning, but, um, you know, it is all those chemicals and what's going on in the brain that essentially govern how you feel or how how compromised you are to feeling certain emotions. So yeah, it's, absolutely. it's really, really important. Yeah, so what Jess is referring to specifically is the substances in our body which are known as neurotransmitters. So things like serotonin and dopamine and, and GABA, which we mentioned earlier, 
they all they're all neurotransmitters so we we need to have the raw ingredients to make our own neurotransmitters to help us feel happy and cope with stress and you know remember things and function well and be able to relax and um you know the, the funny thing is that all of those ingredients literally come from the food you put into your body and those um you know, all of those anti-inflammatory foods, um, those veggies, the fruits, you know, the the sort of slow glycemic um, carbohydrates, they give us a lot of micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals. And they are like, they're like, if you imagine a neurotrans, one neurotransmitter is like a little house. Um, the micronutrients are like the nails in the house, you know, they keep everything together they make all the magic happen they enable all the chemical reactions to actually form these neurotransmitters yes yeah really really fascinating um how it all works when you look at it on paper but you know um what katie is saying is that from to get from one step to the other you need those micronutrients in order to get to that And when we look at um, brain chemicals, neurotransmitters is the technical term, Um, the foundational ingredients or the framework to that house um, is protein slash amino acids. Um, Amino acids are what are broken down from protein. Think of them as like the um, the bricks of the house. Um, But essentially, that is what all of those neurotransmitters are made from, a protein. So, you know, go on. No, 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 I was just totally agreeing with you. Like, it's just yeah. it's just amazing how much this field is, um, you know, how important food is. Like, literally, um, you've got to – we really need to change our approach around this whole um, mental and emotional well-being and really start to emphasise nutrition because literally – these you are what you eat like you've got to be able to give yourself the raw ingredients to make the cake you know and in this case the cake is the serotonin and the GABA and the dopamine and all of that and and yeah like just said like you know the cherry on the cake is like protein it all starts with protein and so many people not talking about protein from a a, a big mac hamburger like quality protein quality animal proteins or quality vegetarian proteins whatever it might be Balancing that out, getting enough in the diet is just so important. Absolutely. And let's like, um, let's go through an example of just one neurotransmitter um, pathway so our listeners can really understand just how important food is for this. And um, I don't, I, I'm happy to do this for, um, so let's do serotonin. Yeah, yeah great idea. Because most people know what serotonin does, like it helps yeah. us with. You know, it helps us to feel good and feel happy and content. It also helps with other cool things in the body like peristalsis of the bowel, so keeping yeah. it regular. Um, it's got heaps of cool functions. But, yeah, tell us how it's made, Jess. Like, take us through yeah. what happens in order to get to serotonin. So, to start with, it is an amino acid protein called tryptophan. Cool. So, um, that's just that we have many amino acids, that's just one. Um, and from there, essentially, it goes through a couple of steps before it comes becomes serotonin. Now, 
um, like Katie was saying before, we need those intermediate um, nutrients to get from step one to step B, and that requires in this particular pathway um, your B, B3, your B6, folate, magnesium, um, and also iron and vitamin C is very important here. So we're not only are we looking at um, you know not getting enough protein in the diet, but if you're not getting that fresh fruit and veggies and all those micronutrients, okay, fair enough. You've got that framework for the house, but you've not then got any. You've not got the tools to make to put up the walls. Yeah. So because, the roadblock's going to um, go up, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Exactly. The chain is going to with stop. That path- Sorry? The chain is going to stop. It just won't keep, you know, that complicated chemical reaction that has to happen to go from, say, you know, a piece of chicken breast or something where you've got your tryptophan breaking down from the protein and then all the other little intermediate steps that need to happen in the body to make it serotonin. They're just not going to happen if someone's not getting no. plant foods in. That's right. And the, and Serotonin in particular, we know, Katie, is also what makes our melatonin. So here we now see deficiency or, you know, issues with sleep because melatonin is a sleep hormone, as we all know. But um, literally, in order to get to melatonin, we need those first few steps to get to serotonin. So, you know, you can start to see how this is all connected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, that was a really cool example, Jess, I think. Um, really sort of starts to spell it out to people and how how cool it is that we can actually do this. Um, and then, of course, obviously, one of, the, one of the big conversations is around gut health at the moment and looking after the environment in the stomach because we know that a lot of... Um, a lot of our neurotransmitters actually get made there. Hey, like yes, well, serotonin yeah, is a big one. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. you know, um, it, it's funny. Gut health is is quite, you know, it's quite trendy at the moment. But at the end of yeah. the day, a lot of those things that we've already talked about help you nurture your gut. So lots of Absolutely. plant food, lots of veggies, some you know fruits, whatnot. That's going to give you the fiber that will feed your good. Yeah good mic you know your good bacteria um you know keeping away from processed foods um is definitely going yeah yeah drinking lots of water all of those sorts of things are going to help because um you know they'll it means that you'll have less chance of sort of yeast overgrowth and 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 bad bacteria and whatnot coming in and disturbing that balance um so you know like it's just what we're talking about, even though it's really important and some of these chemical reactions are quite complicated, the solution is not complicated. Oh, 100% not. And do you know what, um, to take it one step further for our listeners, like um, once you've got that baseline level of a really good nutrient-dense sort of diet most of the time, and you, if you're still experiencing things like um, – anxiety and depression and things like that that's where it's really a good idea to get support from a health professional because in this case now we can start looking at okay well is your body not digesting them absorbing these nutrients efficiently and this is where we come back to gut health being so imperative um with all of this yeah absolutely 
Um, you know, and that's that's also really uh, leads to another point, I suppose. You know, there's probably people listening here who might be taking medication and whatnot for um, yeah. for their mental well-being, and that's completely like fine. And we're not suggesting that you should give away your tablets or whatever, and all of a sudden yeah. go and have like a salad with some chicken, and you'll be fine. Like yeah. the, what we're talking about is the under like some of the underlying reasons why we are seeing a massive increase in some of these issues and obviously there's other reasons why we're having you know we have um more incidences of anxiety and depression and that sort of thing but definitely nutrition is a huge part of that pie and we're talking about a long-term underlying solution so medication even supplements and that sort of thing can be really helpful in an acute situation but then underneath it we want to correct the diet so that long term um you can be healthy and well and happy perhaps you know without without the medication as well yeah absolutely because the body always wants to be in its best version that it can or you know in balance it's simply something underlying going on and that is like katie said where nutrition is just such a an important piece to the puzzle yeah absolutely um you know we've got some really exciting stuff coming up on the podcast over the next few episodes yeah we're going to be joined by a counselor who's going to go through um a little bit more of the um i suppose speech therapy side of of mental health um and we're going to be sharing some more personal journeys with you guys as well jess is there anything that you want to add that might sort of set the foundations of this mini series for our listeners um i think it's really really important not to kind of um see mental or emotional health as like a bad thing like people there's such a stigma around it we all know that like um but i think it's just important to set the scene that it's not necessarily something wrong with you but just the body being out of balance and that nutrition and um looking take self-care and things like that is such an important part and i also believe it is a bit more of a holistic approach um so it's not just about going to your doctor and going on medication um it's not just about seeing just a nutritionist either it's getting the medication if you need you know to start with and you know to get you on track but working alongside nutrition as well to help um make it a sustainable change and then you could add in like a counselor or something like that as well to address that other side to it so i guess for me it's really important that our listeners um understand that it is a bit like that yeah and i mean like at the end of the day I mean, we don't live in a world that's overly simple anymore. Like, we have so much more stress than we've ever had. People are working such long hours. There's so much um, expectation put on us by, you know, various reasons. Um, we've got social media creating a lot of um, a lot of expectations as well. So I think we need to be a society now and a generation perhaps that, embraces um embraces mental health and embraces looking after our own and each other's mental health because we're all going to struggle at some point because it's a it's a it's a it can be a pretty stressful environment um yeah yeah, and and all we want to do on this mini series is kind of um bring bring some 
I guess bring a different angle to it, I suppose, and 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 really kind of give our knowledge or give you guys our knowledge around this particular topic um, because, you know, who knows who, who it might help. Exactly. And it's just about, you know, um, getting people to, you know, think a little bit differently, ask some different questions, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So we might wrap up today's episode. Um, we just want to remind you guys of our values here at the Nourished Wrap. So um, what you know what we think is really important is that you you know you eat whole foods, which again has come out through this podcast. You find movement that you enjoy, that you'll be happy to do, you know, every day. Um, that you switch off for at least you know a couple of minutes every single day. Um, you get really really good sleep. And at the end of the day, um, you listen to your body because you know it better than anyone else. Um, and it has a, a very smart way of telling you what is and isn't good for it. Yeah. So thanks Love so it. much, guys, um, for joining us for another episode of The Nourish Wrap. We'll see you here again, same bat channel, in two weeks' time. Bye, guys.